body. Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the hour of truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Good day. This is Chrissy Blaze and very pleased to welcome you all to this continuing series on the nine freedoms. Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live and my co-host today is Richard Lawrence who will shortly be joining us. I think he just has. And um, good day to you, Hello Richard. there. Hi, Chrissy. How are you? Hi there. Very well indeed. I just wanted to say hello. Hope all is well. And uh, I know last time you did the show last month with uh, Mark Bennett and I think that's right. Mark was... and I did the show, yes, because you, you yes. unfortunately were uh, away. But um, it was great to be interviewed by Mark, I must say. I'm sure. I'm sure it was fantastic. And the subject was uh, your um, latest or revised book, Contact with the Gods from Space, co-authored with Dr. King, of course. Is there anything you can that's tell us right. about that? Or? Yes, the contacts with the gods from space. And like you, Chrissy, I've written a number of books, 10 or I think it might even be 11 now. Um, and, you know, of them all, contacts with the gods from space in many ways is closest to my heart because I was invited to do it by Dr. King himself. And that gives it a very special meaning for me. All my books have a special meaning for me, but uh, to have written that book with him, it's his book, it isn't my book, and, of course, it was the last book that was published in his lifetime. So we now have a new edition, and we launched it in Sheffield uh, about a, uh, well, less than a, two weeks ago, actually. And it was great. We had a good crowd out there, and um, it was a great event. And we're going to do a similar thing here in London on June the 3rd. And also we've got a festival coming up, the Festival for Mind, Body, Spirit, and in the next few days, starting on Friday, actually, and we'll be featuring it there, too. Oh, wonderful. I know it's a really fantastic book. I mean, it really is a great book. Do pick up a copy of that. It's available um, all over the world, I think, on Amazon or Barnes & Noble here in the U.S. And um, Even Kindle. Even Kindle, yes. Mm. <laughs> no excuse not to get it. It really is a fantastic book and answers all those questions you might have about this whole subject. But that's a, another subject, and today we're continuing, as I just mentioned, with this wonderful series on the nine freedoms. And if you have missed any of the previous shows, then you should be able to find them on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio uh, under the archive section, the first five freedoms. And just to let people who might know um, what this is about, who are listening for the first time, the nine freedoms is a sacred text that was delivered through the outstanding mediumship of Dr. George King, the Society's founder, by um, an enlightened uh, interplanetary master intelligence, a lord of karma with the pseudonym of Mars Sector 6, and it was delivered in 1961. And it was uh, a man's journey through evolution. It gives us the exact path that we must take to attain our God consciousness and it takes us through various stages, nine stages. And the first stages we have covered in previous shows, bravery was the first, is always the first freedom uh, that we all must take <laughs> and continue to take. Um, love, of course, then service, putting our love into action for humanity, enlightenment, cosmic consciousness, was the last one and today we'll be focusing on the sixth freedom which is ascension and we are told that once we go through this initiation of ascension then we gain our true freedom and we'll be talking right. about the other freedoms later on this subject so also in this freedom i just want to mention before we get started that um there's an amazing passage in the Nine Freedoms, which is about 15 pages long, and it's a blow-by-blow -blow description of a ceremony of ascension which took place. And we're going, it's, almost, it's definitely worth buying the book anyway, but it's almost worth buying it just for this, because you won't find anything like it anywhere else, I don't believe. And no. 
we're going to, at the end of this show, read an extract from this incredible experience, which I think mm-hmm. will you know, affect us all. So, Richard, um, before we uh, begin with reading the nine freedoms, is there anything you'd like to begin with? Well, yes, I think you know, when we last spoke on the fifth freedom a couple of months ago, cosmic consciousness, there was a particular passage in there, which there are many particular passages in there, but there was one which really, really was... Um, you know, drew, drew great attention, I think, certainly to us when we were discussing it and to Dr. King himself when he first received it. I think one of the great things about uh, Dr. King is that as a medium and an extremely exact medium, I, I would say more exact even than some of the great uh, you know, telepathic communicators and so on, such as even an Alice Bailey and so on, because he perfected it through Samadhi, and that's not to take away from people like Alice Bailey and Madame Blavatsky at all, said with great respect, but he, he used Samadhi. So his exactness was unprecedented, I think, in this kind of field. And one of the statements, and you can always tell that, that sort of he loved and that surprised him, which goes to show his complete authenticity, um, was this one, uh, that... At its zenith, with cosmic consciousness, Marcel says, what, says what? Continuance? Nay, this is the great test. At its zenith, detachment through every stage back to limitation. And as we discussed uh, a couple of months ago, this broke the traditions that existed about nirvana and uh, heavenly states where people believed that you'd enter these states and never, ever leave them again because you'd be at one with Brahma and in divine bliss forever. And, and said, no, you come back through limitation in order to serve, in order to remain here and serve. And this is almost like a precursor to the even greater state of ascension, which we're now going to uh, discuss and go through, uh, where that's exactly what the ascended masters do on a much higher scale even than that, not just from one state. They've limited their whole state of being in order to stay here and serve humanity. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very interesting. Yes, mm. absolutely. Well, thank you so much for that uh, introduction. And uh, shall we go through the the Please do. Please do. Line by line, as we have done. Mm. Well, I'll begin then with um, the sixth freedom will be ascension. This is Mars Sector 6 reporting from satellite number 3, now in magnetization orbit Terra during magnetization period number one, present phase. The sixth freedom will be ascension. Freedom from rebirth is brought about by he who is ready as a result of countless experiences, countless lessons well learned through these experiences. Such a one has manipulated his karma so that it forms a pattern which proves that he does not need to learn the basic lessons which can be afforded by further birth upon terror. Yes, I think that's an area probably that all our listeners would be very familiar with, the idea of karma, the idea of reincarnation, in order to gain experience. It's the only proper explanation there can be uh, for life. It, it's certainly something that the Western religions miss out on. Without that, you know, how could you have all the suffering and so on of apparently innocent souls and so forth that, that exist? It would be a very heartless, callous God that would allow that. No, these are experiences that somehow we've brought upon ourselves through many thousands of lives here and eventually will be released. And that's where this freedom really begins. You know, Chrissy, I was thinking that um, theosophy... Uh, and the mystical schools of the sort of late 19th century, early 20th century, up to and including Alice Bailey, and then later the, you know, some of the I Am movement in America and so on. But starting with Madame Blavatsky really broke new ground, because before that, yes, there were reports of immortals living among us in the Greek legends and so on, in other legends, and the bodhisattvas, you hear about those from the East, enlightened beings who don't need to be here but are here, but not a proper considered... Um, instruction into the existence of a body of functioning, working, ascended beings who've overcome rebirth and are staying here and living and working among humanity. It was, it was an absolutely massive breakthrough. 
I always think that the theosophy, you know, they brought um, for the first time, really, to the world at large anyway, you know, an explanation of the existence of ascended masters. And then, of course, it's the Society, I think, that's brought a full explanation of the existence of cosmic masters. That's very interesting, isn't it, how um, changes happen in stages and one moves on from another and uh, Mm. the scene was set, if you like. So Mm -hmm. that's a very interesting point. When this stage has been reached, shall I continue? Please. Uh, when When this stage has been reached, the adept then leaves this planet Terra through death into a fuller life. Such a one may then choose whether or not he will remain upon Terra in order to render service or whether he will go onward to an introduction into the experience cycle of another planet. At this stage, those with certain definite abilities volunteer to forego the greater bliss of an introduction into the experience cycle of another planet and choose to remain upon Terra. Yes, I think we could pause there, could we? Sorry to interrupt you, but I think it's a a very interesting phrase, and one actually that Dr. King loved is this phrase, the experience cycle of another planet because it explained it so brilliantly in just a few words that they haven't mastered all experience, but they've mastered the experience cycle of this planet. In other words, there's nothing, no experience that they require in order to evolve in the, in the reincarnation cycle of Earth. That's why they move on. And then I think another very interesting thing there, Chrissy, is this word volunteer. At this stage, oh, right. those with certain definite abilities volunteer to forego the greater bliss. It's, it's not are asked to, are told to, or have to. They volunteer, they want to, they know, they must know, they may be approached, but they must know that they can do this. They've got certain specific abilities. It says certain definite abilities uh, that, that are, are useful, are needed, and therefore they want to stay here, even though it means a great sacrifice. That's a wonderful point, Richard. Thank you. And how fortunate we are that such elevated uh, ascended masters choose to remain and help us on humanity when most of us are completely unaware or disinterested. So Mm -hmm. hopefully people listening are not, but... You know, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing, and we're very, very blessed by that. Yes, I don't, I don't know whether you remember, Chrissy, but Dr. King once revealed how long civilization could, could actually continue if, oh. they, if they left, if they weren't here. And from recollection, it was, a, it was, was it two and a half minutes? Or it was, it was, mm. it was certainly a, a, a minuscule minute. period of time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an hour or even half an hour. It was a very short period of time, and that's, you know, if they did nothing else other than just stay here to enable us to continue, because without their presence, he he was explaining, our karma would be so poor Mm. that, to coin a phrase, all hell would break loose. I mean, we just wouldn't be able to sustain it. They are, apart from all the other things they're doing, just their presence here is enabling us to continue to with our experience cycle as we have it. Yeah, that's a fantastic point, Richard. And also, uh, our master, uh, Dr. King, told us that there are certain times when uh, a great ascended master has to leave this planet for another uh, task, perhaps on another mm-hmm. planet. Uh, these are danger periods for the Earth, and there were certain uh, standbys that occurred. And you, mm. I know, had direct experience of these. Uh, could you explain that? Yes, it's, for, it's quite extraordinary that, um, you could, because, you know, I, I'm such a lowly individual, but oh, okay. um, uh, the, I suppose it must be needs must, but what, what, it couldn't have been arranged. I couldn't do it now, for example. At least it wouldn't, couldn't, I couldn't arrange it now formally. Uh, but, you know, while um, Dr. King was alive, he did make arrangements, and there, was, there were three occasions, actually, when he himself wasn't able to be in a position that would have, due to health, that would have enabled him to perform the standby. He performed several standbys of tremendous significance. But he was told that one of his bishops, of which there was myself and his wife, Lady Monique, could do this, 
just if we had to be in certain locations and in my case it was a location in Scotland and, and I could get there I just about had time to get there on the first occasion and the first one I think was 65 hours and then I did one for 48 hours and one for 72 hours and I must say when I you know a lot of people say well, what did you feel what did you know I can't claim I saw great beings of light and so on he did tell me that during the standby uh, I was technically a member of the Great White Brotherhood, which I still haven't really grasped, to be honest with you. Um, but it was it was just a question of having to be in a particular location, um, not because of me or anything that I have done, but because of the position that I held as a bishop in the Aetherius churches, which had been approved by the Lord Babaji, um, that this this would help in some way, and what a privilege that was. In fact, he told me that the first one was the biggest movement of forces in the Great White Brotherhood for oh. 250,000 years. Oh, my goodness me. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Richard. That really is. <laughs> I, I can only tell you what I felt, which was incredibly mm. superficial. That was the main <laughs> feeling I had. I, I suddenly became aware what a shallow, shallow individual I am. And I, I think people who probably who know me would be kind enough say, to say I'm not you know, known to be particularly superficial. But no. I felt then, you know, if I, if I felt something, it, would, it would, would go skin deep compared to the Ascended Masters. If they felt the same thing or they had a reaction to the same thing, it would be so much more deep, so much more profound so much more meaningful. That was the main thing I sort of remember mm. from it. Oh, that's interesting. The, yeah. Thank you so much. It also shows, doesn't it, Richard, that um, how how the uh, the spiritual hierarchy work together, and you know, special people on this planet can do so much. You know, in certain positions, sort of anchors. Yes, it does. It anchors. does, and of course. People like Alice Bailey, I mean, uh, did talk about the externalization of the hierarchy. You know, it's a typical, quite wordy phrase that you get in theosophy. But mm. in other words, them coming closer to us. And it's interesting because I do believe this has happened. I, in fact, for example, we do a mission, which we've talked about before, called Operation Prayer Power. I know some listeners to Ethereus Radio Live attend Operation Prayer Power, either in London or Basel or Michigan or Los Angeles or Auckland. And sometimes we do it in Devon, too. We're doing it in Devon in July, and people are welcome to come and join us there. But I certainly felt uh, on Sunday we had a particularly uh, powerful session with just about 70 people there. And mm. I felt, well, this is an externalization of the hierarchy, mm. really. That is just my opinion I'm giving now, because... Every um, prayer hour, every pr energy release that we make enables the Great White Brotherhood to release ten times as much. And in many ways, we are modelled on them. I mean, they have, they have prayer batteries or spiritual energy batteries. We are performing a mission in conjunction with higher powers, which is really, to some degree, in their image. It's gone, I think, even further, I would, I would say, than people like Alice Bailey and even Dwal Cool would have envisaged at that time, thanks to Dr. George King. Yeah, because he afforded these wonderful opportunities to ordinary people, us ordinary people like me, Indeed. to come along and participate in these incredible missions. And, you know, yeah. if you want to find out more, please do so. Please visit our website, ethereus.org, and you'll find the five locations around the world. And if you're fortunate enough or karmically fortunate enough or it's not by chance to be near one of those centers, then please do come along and find out more because it really is an incredible opportunity. Yeah, and I, I think another thing while we're just having a preamble here about hierarchy is, is, mm. to, is to dwell on that for a moment because that's the word that's always used to describe them, a hierarchy. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, if there are people, it, it's certainly not a very popular thing nowadays, uh, in, in the physical plane anyway. On, I think on the higher planes it is. Uh, in their case, of course, it's not based on, it's not an autocracy. Um, right. It's not based on um, somebody laying the law down and forcing anyone to do anything. It's based on the fact that uh, they, they, this is what they want. This is what they respect. 
um, the Ethereum society, in a, in a very junior capacity and in a small way, is hierarchical. We are democratic with, within the organization uh, in certain of our governing bodies, but we aren't a, you know, a, a voting democratic organization for the most part. Um, and we are to some extent modeled again on that concept uh, of the spiritual hierarchy of earth. Uh, in our case, we don't have a leader, now that Dr. King has uh, moved on, and never will do. We'll never have a single leader. In the case of the spiritual hierarchy of earth, they do actually have a leader, Lord Babaji, because they all want the Lord Babaji to be their leader, because they all know that he's much wiser, more ancient, and knowledgeable than anyone else in the hierarchy. It's, it's something that I think people sometimes find difficult here, uh, on earth but it, it's actually based on the principle of those with a greater experience or particular attributes or skills for example to name one member of the spiritual hierarchy of earth saint guling um, there's actually in, in theosophical writings a lord ling whether it's the same master i don't know but saint guling is uh, an ancient chinese master who actually visualized the Ethereum society but he has a particular role within that uh, body within that hierarchy as keeper of the seal as they term him which is unique which gives him certain particular uh, function uh, and in that function he could virtually out outrule anyone in certain areas um, and that's how they operate and it, it operates of course wonderfully because it's all imbued with love with harmony with respect um, and another thing i should mention of course they're male and female members of this right this order mm. right well thank you for explaining that Richard, thank you because you know everybody's heard of spiritual hierarchy but often we don't think exactly what does that mean so that's a very useful for people i think so i continue shall i please do a special initiation is then afforded to the adept who chooses to remain upon terror, and he is then initiated into the Great White Brotherhood, which is the spiritual hierarchy, of course. Ascension is that freedom which allows those of merit to perform greater service. This state is not brought about until the adept can consciously induce the state of cosmic consciousness. Yes. I think we should pause there, don't you? Because mm -hmm, I do. in the last uh, discussion we had two months ago, we talked about cosmic consciousness. And if, if anyone was able in any life to enter cosmic consciousness just once, it would be the most fantastic achievement, the most fantastic life that mm -hmm. soul had probably ever had. Um, but here we're told that in order to ascend the adept has to consciously induce the state of cosmic consciousness. And, of course, this means they have to bring it about at will, mm. and they have to bring it about under all conditions. And this is a very, very different thing. You know, we, if you look at the Eastern writings, uh, and you'll see that they encourage you to get perfect environmental conditions, often meaning going into a retreat, going to the Himalayas, going near the Ganges, you're going into near a forest, going to a beautiful, secluded, wonderful, quiet location um, with a lovely vibration, far away from materialism and so on, all of which is understandable, if that is your aim, but, you know, and, and it may have enabled people, I'm sure it hasn't helped people to enter higher states at times, but now we're talking about being able to bring that about anywhere, it's actually something Dr. King did. He, he, mm. he had a, a rise of Kundalini in London, in Waterloo in London, in, in different parts of the world. He didn't have the luxury of going off into retreat. He had to be able to induce samadhi even in a television studio. Um, and this is the mark of, of the really advanced master. Absolutely. And this state, I'll continue, Richard, this state is not mm. the result of any one practice, but rather the result of a culmination of experiences from which the vital lessons have been wrested, experiences which have been demanded by a specific karmic pattern. There are few who have under, undergone an initiation into the Great White Brotherhood. There are many upon terror 
who make such erroneous claims. These mm. are fools, for they only limit themselves. Gosh, we could talk about that at length, couldn't we, Christine? <laughs> I know. There are, I'm afraid, people who, who genuinely believe they're, they're not lying in the sense of deliberately trying to deceive anybody. They believe that uh, they can attend a weekend seminar and channel anyone they so choose, I'm afraid, including members of the Great White Brotherhood, and there are some who actually think they've joined it. Uh, they've had some kind of psychic experience. There are others who lie, of course, who invent things oh. deliberately. They think it can be quite lucrative, and often it isn't, but they, maybe it is sometimes. But um, I'm afraid there are very few who genuinely have done this. And, and in fact, it's interesting. There are very few well-known members of the Great White Brotherhood. Perhaps we should name that some, Chrissy, that we do know of. Um, oh, yes. I mentioned mm. the Lord Babaji, of course, who's, who's uh, the head of it. But the Lord Maitreya is extremely prominent in the Great White Brotherhood, the Ascended Masters. Uh, the, there are members, by the way, of the Great White Brotherhood who are not ascended too, in their mm -hmm. ashrams or working with them. But we're now talking about Ascended Masters here. Uh, two of the most prominent Masters are the Masters M and KH. That's the Master Kuthumi. And I believe the other one's the Master El Mariah, as known in Theosophy. Another one, uh, one I, I love, is Master Hilarion, who dictated Light on the Path. And according to some in Theosophy, uh, they believe that this, is, this was a reincarnation of St. Paul, who they believe came back as St. Hilarion, um, and, and then ascended later as the Master Hilarion. Uh, a very interesting idea. I'm not going to be in a position to confirm whether it be true or not. Uh, St. Paul is certainly among their number, though. And then perhaps the most famous of all, and this illustrates just how few of them are known, uh, is the Count St. Germain, a wonderful, wonderful master. Many accounts about him. Uh, I've seen uh, one of, uh, of his writings, actually transcribed by Count Cagliostro in a, in a library in, in France. My wife and I went there, saw it. Um, he lived, it's estimated, possibly under different names, for 600 years in European history. He's tracked in European history. And he's also quite well mentioned in America, too, in various claimed contacts at Mount Shasta and so on. So those are perhaps some of the most famous members of the, of the spiritual hierarchy of Earth that we know of. Absolutely. Well, that's, thanks for sharing that, Richard. You know, mm. people, as you say, they there is a lot of delusion out there and it, it's very important this is a very important point and uh, our master says and actually this comes up in the sixth freedom that if you want to find the truth then we have to take the truth as mm. he did worship at the shrine of truth if we want to find mm. which is real and which isn't real mm. study truth and you know you won't find a better place to begin with the, than the nine freedoms and this is something True. that Mars sector six that comes up in the next part which i'm going to read about truth. Truth is an essential part of total terrestrial experience. Until truth is learned, the freedoms cannot be enjoyed. Truth is the foundation of the temple of freedom. Shall I continue? Or? Please do. Yes, I think that says it all. Yes. Yes. Ascension will not be brought about by even service in any ten lives. If suddenly the dawn of humanitarianism breaks over an individual life stream, that life stream then has to work for many lives in service, in spiritual ways, and all of them before even cosmic consciousness is possible. Yes, I think if we just pause for a moment about it has to work in spiritual ways and all of them, that doesn't, I don't think, mean... Uh, that you've got to do every single spiritual practice that's ever been invented. I think what it means is you've got to use all the facets of your being, at the physical level, the emotional level, the mental level, in service, in spiritual service. Um, and then cosmic consciousness is, co is possible. Wonderful promise. Richard, I suddenly noticed the time. Um, yes. We get carried away. So much to say on this I know. freedom. I know. <laughs> So perhaps we should have a break now and uh, hand over to our producer, Courtney, to make some announcements. What do you Certainly. think? Certainly. 
Please, please go ahead, Courtney. Thank you, guys. You're listening live with Serious Radio Live with host Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. I want to mention that Chrissy has an upcoming class Thursday, May 29th at 7.30 p.m., Soul Fitness, Five Steps to Inner and Outer Peace. This is a two-hour class conducted by Chrissy Blaze and beginning at 7.30 p.m., Students will learn how to set up a sacred space and how to put together a powerful ritual of spiritual practices that they can use on a regular basis. The cost is $15, and it is at the Ethereum Society in Royal Oak, Michigan. You can call the phone number, 248-588-0290. You can visit ethereusmichigan.org, or you can contact Chrissy at chrissyblaze at msn.com. You have the London announcement, Courtney? Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Richard, I have all of your announcements too. I'm so sorry. I'm Thank you, Courtney. Over. I thought it was um, fa- favoritism. <laughs> <laughs> no, not playing favorite today. I actually have them right in front of me. Sorry about Thank that. Thank you. That's um, all right. The Sears Society in London has a stand at, stand at the Festival for Mind, Body, Spirit running at the Earl's Court Exhibition. Exhib- oh boy, I can't say that word today. Exhibition Center from Friday until Monday inclusive. Richard will be running demonstrations on the 12 blessings and the magic of healing, respectively. Dr. John Holder, an international director of the Ethereum Society, is the owner, chairman of this festival that first started in 1978. This is his last show, so congratulations and thanks to John Holder for all of his fine efforts. On Tuesday, June 3rd, they will be launching the new edition of Contacts with the Gods from Space, authored by Dr. George King and Richard Lawrence. This will be at the Aetherius Temple, London, at 7 p.m. You can connect to Richard by visiting his webpage at richardlawrence.co.uk. The spiritual push ends on Friday with Power Circles Worldwide to mark this last hour and cooperate with these wonderful times each year. For more information about the spiritual pushes, please visit Ethereus.org. And you can visit Ethereus.org for more details, including events in the U.S., Europe, and other parts of the world. And now I give you guys back to your hosts, Chrissy and Richard. Thank you, Courtney. Thanks, Courtney. As always, there's a lot going on in the Ethereum Society. And, of course, if yes. you look at the website, you'll see all the different centers and uh, headquarters Indeed. branches around the world. Um, yes. We won't have time to, to mention them all, otherwise there wouldn't be a show, right? <laughs> so um, I'll continue with this. Um, Please do. Next Please part. do. Mm. So we, the last part was talking about um, leading up to cosmic consciousness. And then after this stage of awareness has been mastered, then lives ensue before total experience has been gained. Even so, it is the birthright of every life stream upon terror to enjoy the highest form of initiation upon terror, ascension. This elevated Yes, that's a great point, being, isn't it? Yes, it is a great Sorry, point. Sorry, I won't interrupt you. No, mm. no, please do. This elevated state of being is not outside of your grasp, but within it. You can reach inwards, contact the great spark of everlasting divinity there, manifest this inner spark in your outer thought and action, and so manipulate your karmic pattern that the higher meditative states of samadhi can be mastered at will. Then you are approaching ascension. You are then truly climbing the ladder of evolution, for you then become a virtual flame in the darkness, I think we should pause there maybe, Chrissy, because that's a key revelation really, isn't it? That every single person on earth, mm. including all of us, will ascend. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when and how, and it's up to us to, to decide and determine really how long we're going to take about it. And all of our lives, every single life we've ever had through, from the beginning has all been leading to this this state which in so many ways is a natural state the, the existence we're leading now which is a result of our karma it's what we've created and what we've determined and what we need because we've misused free will 
is really not natural to keep having rebirth and having to come back and wait and then come back. But when we ascend, we will be a being who is free from this. And that's the natural way, but we have to, to, to earn it. We have to master it. And that's the whole journey, really, that we're taking on this earth. Exactly. It, it may seem, when you look at humanity and you see the news, it may seem like an awful long way off. But I was reading recently, Richard, uh, Master Ethereus, when he said your, your evolution is now being speeded up. And if you cooperate with this speeding up, uh, mm-hmm. we're promised uh, great help. And um, mm. cooperating with the speeding up is, of course, studying truth, spiritual action, service, and so forth. So it is a very mm. a hopeful, this is such a, an inspiring message. For all of us. Certainly is. Certainly is. So I'll continue with the next part and actually go back a little because um, this is one part in itself. You are then truly climbing the ladder of evolution, for you then become a virtual flame in the darkness, a flame which knoweth its source, a flame which forever pointeth upwards to that source, a flame which gaineth energy from itself, a flame all transmuting, all vibrant all living, all light, a flame which cannot be extinguished, a flame which burneth brightly despite all environment, all pressing conditions. Could we pause there, Chrissy? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, because that's, an inspi- that's what we can become, that flame. Mm. And I think this, I'll just take the last phrase there, flame which burneth brightly despite all environment, all pressing condition. I, I think it touches on something which uh, we mentioned earlier, that we're not limited by environment, that we can gain these high states uh, wherever we are. And then this phrase, all pressing condition, I think that's brilliant, as a matter of mm. fact, that little phrase, all pressing condition. Uh, because I think it's just a, a much more powerful way of explaining perhaps the word tests. You know, we're all familiar on the spiritual path with the idea of tests. We're going to be tested. We have to be tested. Because if we gained these spiritual powers untested, we would not use them correctly. That's the only reason we are limited. We're limited by our own unpreparedness. And, of course, so we have to, therefore, overcome tests. And this, this is put in such a, uh, an explanatory way, pressing condition. Uh, it reminds me of Dr. King's description of karma as being pressure. Mm, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it, you know, it's the pressing condition of one's feelings, the pressing condition of one's thoughts, the pre- pressing condition of other people in our life, or money, or it could be anything, but it presses upon us, and we have to burn brightly despite this. And we will. We're told that we will. And I think that's just a, a fantastic concept. Yeah, thank you for that, Richard. It's amazing with the mm. nine freedoms. You can take like one or two or three words, and it's mm. a meditation on itself, isn't it? I think one could give a talk called All Pressing Conditions. <laughs> I'm sure you could. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I think we all understand it, too. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll continue then, shall I? Yes. Such a one as this has a great auric field around themselves, for they have no aura. Such a one as this transmutes all energies onto those planes which can then be tapped and used by others less evolved, thereby helping all life streams upon terror. Yes, I think we, we have to... That, that's quite a revelation too, isn't mm. it? That uh, yeah. an ascended master has no aura. Of course, it does not mean that an ascended master doesn't have any energy around them uh, because they will have whatever energy around them they choose to have around them. That's what it means. They won't have a specific aura. They won't be limited by an aura, you might say. Even a very, very advanced person who's not ascended... Uh, who, who would have great control over their aura, but they'd still have an aura, which would reflect their mind state, their spiritual state, and so on, which would be a wonderful, wonderful aura. But an ascended master doesn't have that. They can take the energy onto whichever level they wish to take it. 
as it says here, they transmute all energies onto those planes which can then be tapped and used by others. So they may decide to manifest physically. They may decide to take their energies to another plane where it will be useful to the life streams on that plane. They're, they're completely unlimited. They could have an aura which was, I suppose, theoretically you know, miles <laughs> in size right. if they chose. That's just me saying that, by the way. It is said that Lord Buddha had an aura, I think someone said 40 square miles, or uh, I'm not sure where that source is. But, you know, they, in other words, they could just take energy, but whatever it is, they're not limited at all by a specific aura. That's what that really means, I believe. Mm, very interesting. I remember the master mm. said once that an ascended master is virtually like a superman, you know, Mm. And uh, this is wonderful. We have mm. very, very inspiring. Okay, the next mm -hmm. part, um, this is ascension, this description that we've been hearing. It is not the result of decree, mantra, or any other mystic practice, but the result of all spiritual experience culminated into one facet. Ascension is like a single-faced jewel. It is pointed... It reflects light and radiates light, and yet it is made up of all jewels. That's Gosh, so I think that's a meditation, don't you, that mm -hmm. statement? I Ascension do. is like a single-faced jewel. It is pointed, it reflects light and radiates light, and yet it is made up of all jewels. It's, it, it's like it's everything and nothing. It's, like, uh, it's a different from this, but it's like you, if you love no one, then you can love all. Mm, that's it's, interesting. Um, it's a very deep concept that I don't think one could do justice to just explaining it. I think one would have to meditate on the full meaning of that. And yet it is made up of all jewels, so it contains, again, every facet of experience, that means. Wonderful, yes. Mm -hmm. Indeed, is this great state a destination which has to be attained by sustained effort, yet it is lasting? It is the ladder which terrestrial man can use to climb from the pit of terrestrial rebirth so that he may then, unhampered, begin to climb the mountain of transmigration. Yes, I think again we need to pause there because we're getting some deep revelations here. Um, and of course the mountain of transmigration, we're going to hear more about this when we next uh, cover of freedom which actually isn't in the next program is it Chrissy the next program is oh. on the mother earth which you're doing with our secretary of the American headquarters Brian Kniep our good friend he's appeared on Ethereum radio live a couple of times before I think and yeah. um, but we'll be covering the seventh freedom uh, and that's interplanetary existence um, in July and there we'll go further and elaborate more on this mountain of transmigration which is a uh, well one of the greatest revelations is made in the entire nine freedoms in our next broadcast on this subject yes and that that show will be July the 15th for listeners right please make a note thank you uh, <laughs> so to continue uh, know this mm. when the two faces of the heart are blue and cold when the one face of the throat is pink and cold, when the three faces in the head are violet and yellow and violet and cold, then cometh great awareness. Richard okay, well, I, I, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have a stab at this, Chrissy, but I'm going to have a stab on it based entirely on what Dr. King has said about it. Uh, when the two faces of the heart are blue and cold refers to, of course, the two uh, petals uh, in the heart center. So it's a double-faced, if you like, chakra, the heart center. Uh, when it becomes blue, of course, the, the, the energy which you could say is associated with the heart center would be pink, you might say, mm. because pink is the color of love. Blue suggests a certain detachment, so right. great detachment has been achieved. It's blue and cold. And then when one face of the throat is pink and cold, so then the energy is taken up from the heart center, which is now blue and cold, into the next highest center, which is the throat center, which is pink and cold. And it's pink because the love energy, if you like, from the heart center is taken upwards. Mm. 
that then is cold being a higher center detachment can be brought about there and then we go to the three faces because in the Christ center there are three petals you might call them of this lotus of this chakra and it says in the head meaning this Christ center are violet and yellow and violet and cold I think that's very interesting um, to comment on um, yellow is a, is, a, is a color associated with 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 wisdom with mental ability with the mind as you would expect in the Christ center and violet of course is the spiritual color it's associated with the mother earth isn't it and it's a color which is tied in with intuition and I'm going to stick my neck out here Christian say that if you just had yellow it might without the intuition and the spirituality of the violet it might be too uh, intellectual you might say and but with the yellow and the violet there you have true wisdom mm, very interesting well thank you for that Richard I'll continue Please do. when the globe above this head shineth through the consciousness of the individual and the power as stated is risen and lodged in that place then cometh ascension but not until this time. Shall I continue? Or? Yes, well, I suppose one should just explain the globe. We do a wonderful practice, which we've mm. done on Ethereus Radio Live before, I'm sure, the practice of the presence. And this is a practice you can do every day. Some of, it, some, some of us do it more than once a day sometimes. And the globe above the head, here referred to, is the uh, crown chakra, uh, but it's also the residence, you might say, of the divine spark. As Dr. King once said, if it's anywhere, it's there. You can't really locate the divine spark, per se. But it, it's the divinity. So that's where you're above mind, even. We've talked about that before. So when this, all the energies are taken there, and they shine through the consciousness of the individual in their entirety, then you're a spiritual being. And then, when you've, as we've heard earlier, mastered that state at will, then ascension is possible, but not until this time. Thank you, Richard. Even in many that you regard as masters upon terror, the power is still warm in these places. Karma cannot smile upon this warmness. Meditate upon these things, and much will be learned. That's a very, I think, brilliant way. I, I think that's a, another brilliant passage. Uh, in, in all humility, I say this, as an unenlightened person, I say this, or a not, certainly not fully enlightened person, long way from being fully enlightened. Um, first of all, warmness is a great way of putting it. As it's not, not cold, as was described earlier. There's a warmness. In other words, there isn't complete detachment, or if you like, complete control, or if you like, complete purity of motive even, which you, you can only get through detachment. And then this wonderful phrase, karma cannot smile upon this warmness. So, and it's in our interests or in the interests of such individuals that it doesn't because if it did they would gain the powers as I said earlier without the full control and um, the danger then would be that they wouldn't be fully used correctly mm, thank you for that Richard that's another meditation is it not karma cannot it smile is. upon it this is. warmness incredible mm, mm -hmm. uh, words and I will continue and the Mile Sector 6 encourages us to meditate upon these things and much will be learned. Practice the freedoms as given, nor shirk any, for these are the steps from the pit of rebirth. The top of the mountain is ascension. You can, all of you, gain this summit. Some of you will be needed to climb into the pit again. You will volunteer. You will do this and know everlasting greatness. Others will go on to other forms of service. Indeed is ascension, a state of high elevation. It is not illusion, but as true as truth. Do you want to comment on that, Richard? Uh, yes, I didn't really want to interrupt you. It's so beautiful. Um, yes, I think that's again a repeat of the fact that some will volunteer to uh, some of us 
will volunteer to remain here if we have particular abilities and if they're needed and others will go on to other worlds and we're going to hear more about that in the next one on the seventh freedom uh, to serve there um, and, and this phrase it is not illusion but as true as truth I think many people on the mystical path discover the difference between truth and illusion and there are many ways to do it and one is through intuition one is through logic and we should never throw logic away or think we don't need that now we just follow our feelings we need both and in fact they meet in the same point Log true logic and real intuition meet in exactly the same point and of course the way to that is to as you said earlier meditate contemplate on these great truths absolutely and now we're coming to the last part of this wonderful freedom. So I'd just like to read this. Mars Sector 6. Take the five steps across the river of life and stand a while waiting on the six, and you will know the freedoms. The shortest distance which terrestrial man can take is the distance which is covered by the journey deep within. But it takes him longer to travel these relatively few millimeters than any other journey he will ever have to make. By perseverance, by truth, by effort, by the radiation of love, by service in every form, he can make this journey and stand upon the rock of ascension. Beautiful. Yes, I think that that, it, that wonderful phrase there about the shortest distance is, is both mm. symbolic and actual um, the shortest distance which rational man can take is the distance which is covered by the journey deep within is a, is a symbolic thought uh, it takes him longer to travel these relatively few millimeters than any other journey will ever have to make there I think it actualizes it into the journey of Kundalini up the spine that's the journey there if you like of the millimeters I mean, what's the distance between, say, the Christ center and the crown center? Or the heart center and the throat center? These are tiny journeys uh, in terms of millimeters. Right, but, good point. But, but, yeah, but they, they take us and they can take people. They can get stuck. And they, you know, we can get stuck. We have got stuck. Even an advanced mystic who's gone into the retreats and found great states, they can get particularly stuck because they're enjoying it and they can't move on from it and they aren't performing as much service as they could and there's all and so on there's all these various tests and in order to get the kundalini up in its entirety leaving no warmth no warmness all the lower centers cold that's the journey there that's also being referred to thank you so much richard do you think um, we have time to read a little from the, the Ascension Ceremony? Yes, if you could do that, Chrissy, I, I think we'd all love to hear it. Yes, as mentioned earlier, this is an absolutely incredible description, thanks to Dr. George King for sharing this, because in 1956, and it was March the 23rd, Dr. George King was invited to attend an Ascension Ceremony on a satellite known as the third satellite, satellite number three. And to do this, he attained cosmic consciousness. He left his physical body behind and went to this shining temple of light, the satellite number three, where the ceremony was about to take place. And this whole sort of 15-page description describes um, his journey, which is very fascinating in itself. And he says that there were about 500 personages present and these are wonderful ascended masters interplanetary masters and so on were present at this very very important ascension ceremony and he gives an absolutely incredible description because dr dr king was a wonderful writer and was able to describe things um in a way that was very graphic so you can actually see the ceremony in your mind's eye as it's taking place and there's one small part that I'd like to read. I'd love to read it all, actually. Um, but this is the ceremony itself I'm going to begin with. And the, the um, personage who was going through this ascension ceremony was a, a girl, we are told. The girl's physical body gradually became more and more hazy and misty-looking. 
I could dimly see now right through it. Then came a deep blue flash of light from the base of the spine upwards. When this reached her head, a golden fire was lighted there. Her physical body melted away completely until only her etheric remained. Then I gasped in genuine astonishment, for the saint from Venus with eyes still closed, raised his right hand slowly, palm facing the high crystalline tube on the right of the dais. A streak of purple fire from his outstretched palm brought the tube into glowing life. Flash upon flash of brilliant colors blended and intermingled in that tube, some in long straight lines, some in curves, waving like snakes as they curled about each other, winding and interwinding like live things. A bubbling, seething, living mass of ever-moving colors filled that gigantic tube, making it like a kaleidoscope of the very gods themselves. Then came the music again. From out of the space around us, it seemed to ebb and flow like liquid as it penetrated the whole place with an equal intensity. There were no instruments visible, yet the music came, each note beautifully related to its neighbor as if they were cells in the body of a perfect, rhythmic whole. Perfume filled the air, gentle and alluring. It seemed to come from nowhere, and yet from everywhere simultaneously, caressing the senses with a fragrant delicacy. It brought joy to my very soul. With one accord, the whole assembly broke into a triumphant song of heavenly praise. At that moment, the girl stepped out of the long, thin tube and stood gloriously radiant before us all. Every cell of her physical body had during this ceremony been broken down and then recreated before our very eyes. She was still the same small, fragile figure as before but she now possessed a form which was beautiful to behold. Her calm, gentle expression, large, kindly brown eyes and smooth olive skin, her long, glistening black hair flowing over her shoulders and full-length white gown under which peeped her tiny feet clad in jeweled sandals made a picture that was exquisite and a sheer delight to look upon. For that young girl, now in her ascended body, had the beauty of purity, which is lasting. Now that clean feminine beauty was agelessness itself. When the time for revelation comes, my friend, terror, terror will recognize such beings as she has now become and will have cause to bless them. That girl could have left terror forever because she now has evolved above the necessity for experiences offered by that planet. However, deciding, recognizing the dire need of spiritual assistance to us, she decided to remain. Such a selfish sacrifice is the measure of evolution. I've, I've just taken out extracts from this wonderful Yes, that was beautiful, Christy. Thank you very, very much. And I think we've probably just got time after that to mention that Dr. King himself was initiated also into mm. the Great White Brotherhood, which is very unusual, uh, in a ceremony in, in, out of body for him uh, on Shambhala uh, by the Lord Buddha. Uh, and he became a Grand Knight Templar in one of their very ancient orders, founded hundreds of thousands of years ago, uh, not, not, not the Templars that we know of, and uh, this was an extremely rare thing for someone in, in an earth physical body to, to receive. It's not something he publicized very widely. And indeed, we have connections with an order called the Mystical Order of St. Peter, uh, which is not part of the Ethereum Society, but is definitely connected to it. And that, too, is recognized by the Great White Brotherhood. So these connections are ever-present, and extremely powerful. That's, I'm so glad that you mentioned that, Richard. And I also uh, would like to mention that um, now that Dr. George King has passed on, the Grand Master of the Mystical Order of St. Peter is indeed our dear friend, Richard, 
And, well, I wasn't um, going, going to go into that, but thank you for that, Chrissy. But I think what's wonderful about that, though, thanks to Dr. King, is that uh, it, it, it's recognized and the members of it are recognized and there are connections. We're certainly not saying, by the way, that there are no other organizations far from it that have connections at all with the Great White Brotherhood. Uh, ne we've never said anything like that at all. They work in many, many ways to bring yeah. their influence. But one does have to discriminate very carefully and note that I would say most of the claims, I'm sorry to say, aren't true. Um, very often they're genuinely believed. Sometimes they're deliberately um, contrived. But one should investigate, just as on a theorist radio live, we invite you to investigate us and form your own conclusions. Thank you so much, Richard, and thank you so much to everybody for your wonderful participation by listening and taking part in these, uh, this series. And thank you, Courtney. Yes, thanks to Courtney uh, for making it happen. Thank you so much, guys. We just want to thank everybody for listening today. And as the events were mentioned previously in the show, you can go back to Ethereus.org to connect with Richard or Chrissy and take a look at those upcoming events. And next month, June 17th, we'll be on the Mother Earth with guest Brian Kniff. And thank you, everybody, and have a wonderful day.